This is Lego Football. You're with David Farini. Deadline day has passed, so let's talk about the transfer window, the results from match day four, our Moscone moment of the week, a look at the Milan derby, and a quick preview of some of the other big games for match day five. Thanks for your continued support. Lego football is growing incrementally, and we'd like to thank you for that support so far. We are now on Facebook. We're also on Twitter, YouTube, and of course, on all these platforms for the Lego football podcast. If you can rate and leave reviews and feedback and subscribe and all that stuff would be of huge help to the cause. But for now, let's take a quick look at some of the transfers that have transpired on the final day of the Mercato. We've seen Bologna reinforced with Stefan Posh. So we'll see what commentators do with that surname and see how they bring it in. We will find out. Marco Piazza has joined Empoli and a couple of other deadline day signings. Akpa Akpro will also make his way to the Tuscan side with Sebastian Volukovic, the Cagliari defender. Francesco Acerbi is now an Inter Milan player, while Crosstown Cousins bring through Franks and Serginho Dest. Torino reinforced with Jan Caramo. Ignazio Pusetto is back in Serie A football with Sampdoria, as Bruno Amione also makes his way to the Blue Cercati. Lecce bring through Jasper Samuya. Good to see Simone Verdi go to a new project. He's now with Verona, as is Fabio De Paoli. Well, an Australian is going to play in Serie A's as well with Verona, that's Aiden Krustic, one of the Socceroo attacking midfield options. Ethan Ampadu, who was with Venezia last season, will go to Spezia. Jack Hendry, there's a Scottish defender that's joining Cremonese, as well as Meite, who will reinforce the midfield. Gabriele Ferrarini, wonderful young prospect, makes his way up from Serie B. He's going to play out this season with Monza, as is Armando Izzo, who joins Monza from Torino. And perhaps one of the big names of deadline day was Christoph Piatek, spent last season with Fiorentina. He joins Salernitana. The most expensive transfers of the Mercato overall was Bremer from Torino to crosstown rival Juventus for 41 million euros and Milan bringing through Charles de Ketelare for 32 million. A deadline day that only really saw a few million in transfers, that's in euros of course for Italy, only about three or four million overall, not that much compared to La Liga who shelled out 50 million and the Premier League with 100 million. And the overall net spend by top leagues this summer, as tweeted out by Adriano Del Monte, TV presenter for Calcio and many other leagues. Serie A was plus 9 million euro in their net spend overall. French League Ligue 1 with plus 41 million, the Bundesliga with plus 45, while La Liga was negative 64 million euros, and the English Premier League, well, they leave everyone else for dead, minus 1.33 billion euros. So we can see where the money is at the moment and who's prepared to spend. This is Lego Football. Let's go to the Serie B goal of the week. That was Cedric Gondo for his Cucchiaio for Ascoli. That was against Palermo. Cucchiaio is a little lob over the top of the keeper. Cucchiaio can also be a penalty, as we saw with Andrea Pirlo against England. Matteo Brunori is usually the king of the Renzo Barbera, but this time he would be outdone by the brilliance of Cedric Gondo, the Ivorian has just joined Ascoli following spells in Serie A with Salernitana last season and then transferred to Cremonese to help them get promoted. He got a goal there. Four goals now in three appearances at Ascoli, leading them to the top of Serie B. For now, his first was a tap-in. 
Brunori then equalised with a diving header, then came a devastating through ball from Fabrizio Caligado. Gondo, well, he showed tremendous pace to break the Palermo trap. The 25-year-old lobbing over Pigliacelli from around 20 yards as the pallone caressed the underside of the bar to put Ascoli 2-1 up. Gondo made a mockery of the Palermo backline later on, easily turning Alessio Buttaro like the defender wasn't even there on the halfway line, strolling away and then dropping the shoulder to fool Nedel Seattle inside the 18-yard box and slot into the far corner past Pigliacelli for Ascoli third. That put them 3-1 up. They eventually won that 3-2 away in Palermo. And that's possibly Cedric Gondo's best ever career game, the display should keep our teammates Atanas Iliev, Amato Ciciretti and Federico Dionisi at least for a while. Carlo Neri, the club president and the whole ownership group there. There are a few different investors in Ascoli at the moment. Pulcinelli and the North 6th group. They'd be ecstatic at Christian Bucchi's summer signing as the Piki push to qualify for a 17th season in Serie A. Match day four results, which see Atalanta and Roma lead the Classifica into Milan on third place, now jumping up from seventh. Juventus also on eight points with Napoli and Milan and Lazio. Sassuolo holding Milan on Tuesday night. Inter with a 3-1 win over Cremonese. Roma with a 3-0 win over Monza. On Wednesday, we saw Empoli and Verona share the points with a 1-1 draw, as did Lazio away at Sampdoria, who scored late through Gabbiadini Udinese. Well, they just continued to frustrate the hell out of La Viola supporters. 1-0 win at the Dacia Arena. Juventus with a 2-0 win over Spezia, Napoli and Lecce. What a performance from Lecce to hold out Napoli at the Diego Maradona. 1-1 draw there. And last night we saw Bologna and Salernitana draw 1-1. While Atalanta with a hat-trick from 10 coup miners. They beat Torino 3-1. And Torino are no easy beats this season. So Atalanta deservedly to the top of the Serie A standings. Roma are up there with their 3-0 win against the Brianzoli. Let's take a look at the Classifica Completa Marcatori. That is the top scorers list in Serie A. As we go over to the Lega Serie A dot IT website, Tune Coop Miners and Dusan Vlaovic with four goals each. Two penalties for Coop Miners and one for Vlaovic. Then next up on three goals, we've got three players with Marko Arnautovic, Kvica Kvaratskelia and Lautaro Martinez. Two of those goals for Arnautovic were from the spot. Then there's a whole host of players on two goals still. Paolo Dybala getting his first two goals of the season with a brace against Monza. Chiro Immobile also with two goals now. And Bala and Zola, good to see him back amongst them. New signing for Torino, Nikola Vlasic with a, a pair so far. Meranchuk also coming over from Atalanta. To Torino, he has a goal. And Yaya Calon for Verona. That's good news for the Giallo Blue. Thomas Henri, another new signing there with a pair. Pair two, of course, for Udinese. That's right, it's time for the Mosconi moment of the week. And that is Silvio Berlusconi. Come si chiama l'arbitro? Di bello dovrebbe chiamarsi di brutto. That translates to what's the referee's name? Di bello 
We should call him Di Brutto. And for those of you who don't understand Italian, Bello is beautiful. Brutto is ugly. It's Silvio Berlusconi who wins this week for his post-match reaction after his team lost to Udinese. That was on match day three. Unhappy with the way that referee Di Bello called the game. He claims that Monza were perhaps mistreated throughout the match and could have taken a point at least. I would think that Berlusconi will win at least one or two more Moscone Moment awards for this season. Now let's take a look at some of the big matches that are about to go down on the weekend and three games on Saturday. We'll focus on those. It is the 233rd meet between Milan and Inter across all competitions. 113 years this battle has been raging. From back in January 1909, the general balance sees the Nerazzurri ahead with 85 wins to 78 with 69 draws. In Serie A, these two teams have met 176 times with Inter leading thanks to 67 wins against 53 for the Rossoneri, 56 draws overall. After the 2-1 victory last February, a comeback win for Milan courtesy of a brace from Olivier Giroud. Milan could win two consecutive derbies against Inter in Serie A for the first time since 2011. And those were both won with Massimiliano Allegri on the bench. The highest scorer still active in the Milan derby is Zlatan Ibrahimovic with 10 goals, eight with the Rossoneri jersey, while the best currently on the other side of Milan are Romelu Lukaku and Lautaro Martinez, both at five goals. The highest scorer historically in the derby della Madonnina is Andrei Shevchenko with 14 goals. The form guide into other team that have had the most shots on target this season with 31, while Milan has only amassed nine so far. Milan is the team that in 2022 has the best clean sheet record of the top five European leagues, 14 clean sheets overall to boast for the Rossoneri in that period, double those recorded by Inter. Some milestones, it'll be Sandro Tonali's 100th Serie A appearance and the 150th for Rade Krunic. 100th appearance also in Serie A for Rafael Leao, among the players born since 1999. The Milan Ford is the one who's served up the most assists with 16 in the Italian top flight and third overall for the number of goals, 24. That's behind Andrea Pinamonti on 25 and Dusan Vlaovic's whopping 55 goals. Inter is the team that Rafael Leao has faced the most in Serie A without scoring. So a chance for the Portuguese. Six matches against Inter in the competition in which he's only served up one assist, which fell the way of Ibrahimovic back in October of 2020. For Inter, well, Milan is Joaquin Correa's favorite victim in Serie A with four goals. The Inter striker has scored those four goals in his last five appearances. Edin Dzeko has scored five goals against Milan in the top flight, all with the Roma shirt, though. However, Dzeko was scoreless in his last 10 matches in Serie A, his second longest goalless streak in the competition after 15 consecutive games with Roma in 2021. So some options there for Simone Inzaghi. Then there's Hakan Chanaloglu. In his first four seasons spent with Milan, he was the Rossoneri player to have scored the most goals with 32 and served up the most assists with 42 between all competitions. And since joining Inter, the Turkish international has taken part in 21 goals overall since the start of last season, eight goals and 13 assists. So success on both sides of Milan for Chalanoglu. Let's go to the coaches. Stefano Pioli and Simone Inzaghi have faced each other 11 times. In Serie A with four wins apiece and three draws, Pioli could win two consecutive Serie A games against Inter for the first time in his coaching career. 
He has six wins in total against the Nerazzurri. Inzaghi has a 50% record against Milan, six from 12. Inzaghi has collected only the one point in his first two Serie A derbies since his arrival at Inter. The last Inter coach that failed to win one of the first three against Milan in the top flight was Osvaldo Bagnoli in 1993. And there's a really interesting article by Martin Dunlop for The Gentleman Ultra, where he talks about the Derby della Madonnina, the Milanese Derby in the capital of Lombardia, home to over one million people. He says in his article that the Madonnina represents the city's heart and soul, the history behind the name of this Milanese Derby. Let's go through that. Martin writes that high above the daily rush and bustle of Milan stands the statue of the Madonnina, the Virgin Mary, keeping guard over the city from its perch at the top of the spectacular Gothic Renaissance Cathedral that's known as the Duomo di Milano. The Madonnina represents the city's heart and soul, and by tradition, no building in Milan can stand taller than the Virgin Mary. The statue was placed atop the cathedral's spire in 1774. Construction on the Duomo began back in 1386, amazingly, and wasn't completed until 1965. And that's why that when these two city rivals meet, the match is popularly known as the Derby della Madonnina, paying homage to the city's watchful mother. Martin also writes that, on a sunny day, one can catch a glimpse of the Madonnina from the top tier of Milan's Giuseppe Meazza Stadium, commonly known as the San Siro for Milan fans. Martin goes on to write that his classic match of the Milanese Derby was back in 1984, a 2-1 win for Milan. Englishman Mark Haightley scored in that one. He was interviewed by the gentleman Ultra about that. He stated that it was an incredible feeling. The enormity of the Derby goal sunk in almost straight away. A moment of magic from Haightley. He arrived on match day seven of the 1984-85 Serie A season. Both teams had made identical starts to the league campaign, each winning two and drawing four from the opening six rounds of the match. Inter hadn't lost at Milan Derby in six years at the time. Milan had spent two of those seasons in Serie B. With a match just 10 minutes old, Inter's star summer signing, German striker Karl-Heinz Rummenigge, who had arrived from Bayern Munich for 4.7 million pounds, breezed past the Milanese defense before picking out strike partner Alessandro Altobelli. A commanding diving header flew into the Rossonetti net. However, a clever passage of play between Haightley, his compatriot Ray Wilkins, and Pietro Paolo Virdis provided the opportunity for Agostino Di Bartolome to restore parity before the break. The former Roma captain's emphatic finish left Inter goalkeeper Walter Zenga helpless. With 15 minutes of the game remaining, Haightley secured his place in Milan Derby folklore as Vidir sent in an in-swinging cross into the box. The Englishman timed his jump to perfection. Haightley towered above Inter defender Fulvio Colovati and sent in a header beyond Zenga's despairing dive. That's how that one ended. Despite ending their Derby Day hoodoo, Haightley's Milan side could only manage a fifth place finish in Serie A that year. Inter ended in third. That was the same season that saw Napoli set a world record transfer to bring over Diego Maradona. An unfancied Verona of all teams wrote their very own fairy tale by winning their first and only Scudetto. Let's move to Fiorentina Juventus after the 2-0 win last May in Florence. Fiorentina could win two consecutive Serie A games against Juventus for the first time since 1998. Also on that occasion, both of those wins were at the Frankie one after the other. 
But Juventus is the team that has beaten Fiorentina the most in Serie A 79 times. And Laviola is the team against which Juve has scored the most goals overall. That hurts. If you're a Fiorentina fan, 268 of those. Dusan Vlaovic is looking to take his goal tally to five goals against his former side. He's level with the Coupe Miners at the top of the Marcatori list. Fiorentina has only netted three times. All of those goals came on match day one against Cremonese, worryingly for them. And in all competitions, have only scored two times from six games as Bonaventura, Mandragora and Jovic. Juventus will be the favourite, but Fiorentina have only lost two of their last six Serie A matches against the old lady with two wins and two draws after having suffered eight defeats of the previous nine. So that's good news if you're a Fiorentina fan. The last time they were down by two goals in Serie A and then managed to win was back in 2013. That was a 4-2 win with a hat-trick from Giuseppe Rossi, the halcyon days, the former Italy international playing for Fiorentina on that occasion. The last time Fiorentina beat Juventus within the first five match days was back on the 30th of September 1962 on match day three in that case it was a 1-0 win at the Frankie with a goal from striker Francesco Canella so some nostalgia there if Lorenzo Venuti gets some game time here it will be his 100th match in Serie A and 68 of those with the Fiorentina shirt Vlaovic has scored 11 goals in 19 matches for Juventus in Serie A superb start there for the Serb in the era of three-point wins only Cristiano Ronaldo with 14, Gonzalo Higuain with 14, and Paolo Dybala with 12 have scored more goals in their first 20 appearances for the Bianconeri in this tournament. So he would need a hat-trick against his former side to match Higuain and Ronaldo. And that would just add some salt into the wound for Fiorentina fans. Leonardo Bonucci would become the sixth defender in the history of Serie A if he can get on the score sheet. That would mean 10 consecutive seasons. He'd be amongst the great names of Jacinto Facchetti, Agostino Di Bartolome, Alessandro Renica, Pietro Viecovod and Paolo Negro. Good news for Juventus with Angel Di Maria back in the squad. Although Pogba, Chiesa, Caio George, Chesney and Rabio are all unavailable. Let's go to the coaches. Vincenzo Italiano, after losing his first three games as a manager against Juventus, in Serie A. He found success in his last attempt back in May. The previous Viola manager able to beat the Bianconeri twice in a row in the top tier was Luigi Radice in 1992. Max Allegri won 12 of his 23 games as manager against Fiorentina in Serie A, including five of the last six. So he'll go into this one full of confidence with Italiano and Allegri having only faced each other in the top tier from last season. And that was a home victory each. Let's go to Lazio, who hosts Napoli. Lazio is the team that Napoli has beaten the most in Serie A for the Neapolitans. 53 wins, 38 wins for Lazio. The two teams have not drawn in Serie A since November 2016. That was 1-1 back then. And since there, there have been nine wins for the Neapolitans and two wins for the Laziali. In these last 11 matches, Napoli have scored at least two goals in their nine victories. 29 goals overall while they failed to score. They've met four times previously in the month of September. Napoli winning them all and scoring at least three goals per game. The collective result of these four matches is 15 goals to two. A big chance here for a decent looking Lazio side to right those wrongs in what we will dub the Bruno Giordano Derby. Bruno Giordano was an Italian football icon back in the 70s and 80s mainly. Starting his career with Lazio with 
over 200 games there and 86 goals playing as a striker. He went on to sign for Napoli in 1985, 23 goals for the Partenope. And he managed to win the Scudetto there alongside Diego Maradona after top scoring Serie A back in 1978 and 79 with 19 goals. Eventually, Giordano left the capital to sign for Napoli in 1985. He won the Coppa Italia there and the Serie A both in the same season in 1986-87. 13 caps for Italy with the one goal. But let's get in the time machine back to 2022. It's Ciro Immobile who scored seven goals against Napoli in Serie A after a series of six consecutive matches where he'd hit the back of the net. Lazio Ford is at risk of going three without scoring against Saturday's opposition. Danilo Taldi made his debut in Serie A against Napoli that was back in 2015 and hasn't he come of age in the last 12 months or so playing as the Regista in that three-man midfield for Sarri. There is some symbiosis to remember between Piotr Zielinski and Maurizio Sarri. Zielinski has 100 games and nine goals between Napoli and Empoli under the technical guidance of Sarri, the coach with whom he has the most appearances in this league. Elgif Elmas scored in his last league game and but has never scored in two consecutive. A chance for him to help out Luciano Spalletti. Lazio are Giovanni Simeone's favorite victim in Serie A. Cholito has scored eight goals in 12 top league appearances against the Bianco Celesti, including his only poker in the competition. That's when you score four goals. That was in October of 2021 that was playing for Verona, a big 4-1 victory for Verona over Lazio. And Giacomo Raspadori, another new Napoli signing, has scored two goals against Lazio in the top division. Victor Schiemann has a goal against Lazio, scoring the fifth for Napoli in a 5-2 win at the Maradona in 2021. He'll be looking to return to goal-scoring form after missing out against Lecce. And I must say, I was stunned to learn that Victor followed me on Twitter during the week. It made my week, it probably made my year, actually. My favorite Napoli player. And sorry, Lazio fans, if he does score, I'll be cheering on the weekend. Big Victor Oshiman. Kvica Kvaratskhelia will play at the Olympico for the first time in this one. There could be some psychological warfare among the coaches that have faced each other at least four times in Serie A. Luciano Spalletti is the one against whom Maurizio Sarri has the lowest percentage of successes, 14% only, with one win, two draws, and four defeats. Spalletti has won 14 of his 29 matches against Lazio. That's not a bad record. Sarri has lost all of his last three games against Napoli, his former employer after he had remained unbeaten in his first three. Sarri coached Napoli for 114 Serie A matches, recording the highest average points for a Neapolitan coach in history of the competition, 2.3. That's in the three-point-per-win era. The Lazio coach has lost all of his last three league matches against his former side. The other games will see Cremonese up against Sassuolo, Spezia take on Bologna. It's Verona, Sampdoria, Udinese, Roma. Monza host Atalanta in a mini derby there. Salernitana and Empoli. And the last game will be Torino and Lecce. So big chances for Napoli, Lazio and Inter and Milan. So all those games on Saturday featuring top of the half table sides. Monza and Cremonese yet to get off the mark with a point. Just need a quick single off the hip and away they go. So we'll see what they can do this weekend. Once again, Cremonese hosting Sassuolo. Monza up against top of the table, Atalanta. We'll see if Silvio Berlusconi or Adriano Galliani can say something that would make them a contender for another Moscone moment. That's all we've got time for on this edition of the Lega Football Podcast as we head into the weekend. Good luck to whoever you're supporting. 
Don't forget to rate and review these podcasts wherever you're listening across Spotify, Apple, Google, iPlayer, wherever it is. We thank you for your continued support. Thanks for getting to the end of it as well. This time it was just myself, David Farini, on the pod. Hopefully we'll have some contributors in the early edition for next week. Forza Serie A, Forza Calcio. This is Lego Football.